When you're looking for inspiration in the kitchen, where do you turn? I have an aunt who's only a phone call away. It's like having a chef on speed dial, but maybe better because some of the big names of cooking have reputations for being a bit shouty and frankly not great role models. Though there's been some change happening. I'm hearing that new foodies are rising to fame with different styles and stories. Our friend Alice Zaslavsky, award-winning author, cook, educator and Life Matters regular, joins us for the first time this year. Hi, Alice. Hi. Hi, Hilary. Good to be back. Now, yeah, you've been back from a very exciting adventure touring the country with one of the biggest names in cooking. What was that like? Uh, it was one of those pinch me moments that I got to experience. It was uh, 10, uh, so 10 days, eight locations, 12 shows with Yotam Otolenghi. And uh, he is, to me, when you think about single names, he's the one that you refer to by his surname. Yes. Yeah, all the cookbooks, it's like, oh, I've got some Otolenghi on the shelf, right? <laughs> How important is he in the world of food, just to illustrate for us? Just to illustrate, uh, his book, Simple, has sold more than a million copies. It's the one with the lemon on the front. Uh, he's referred to by the chatters, uh, Annabelle Crabbe and Lee Sales podcasters, as the boyfriend. I think Aww. he's everybody's kind of favourite chef or, or, or cook in the kitchen. And the thing that he's been most important for is reframing and reshaping the way that we see vegetables and vegetarian cooking. Well, that's not a surprise then that you like him because you have a big focus on vegetables. There's also something about his style though, isn't there? He's quite kind of easy to engage with. He is and very generous too and you couldn't imagine him being the head of a big brigade and shouting at anybody. He's not Gordon Ramsay basically. He's not Gordon Ramsay. Even the old Gordon Ramsay. No. Yeah, And even Gordon, if you look at the way that Gordon's image has been rehabilitated over the past decade, uh, his daughter's in the kitchen, Gordon seems to be less into the, uh, you know, the, the pejorative language and more into being a little bit kinder. It's really interesting. I, I watched that TV series, The Bear, which was about a guy who moves from a very toxic kitchen environment to, a, you know, a family run business. But he kind of brings a bit of that style with him. Uh, and, you know, everyone's going, yes, chef, yes, chef, uh, in the background. What are your thoughts on that as, as a representation of that culture? That culture is thankfully dying out. Hospitality is in the throes of a paradigm shift. And that toxic masculinity, that hierarchical structure of the shouty chef in the foreground. It's kind of like the bullied becomes the bully. And for a lot of chefs that were coming through in the 70s, 80s, 90s, that was the role modelling that they had at the top. And that was the leadership style that they thought they needed to uh, perpetuate. But what we've seen now is that there's more of that style of uh, guiding and teaching chefs coming through. And that's something that can only be a positive. It was interesting. I loved watching the because of the character studies, but also it seemed that everyone was trying to get a healthier way of relating and and they framed that, you know, everyone saying yes, chef, to each other as quite a healthy mark of respect. Have you been able to watch that, Alice? I have not been able to watch that. Really? really? Too yes. triggering? I think so. I've spent enough time with uh, so many chefs that I kind of don't need to see that brigade play out and that structure play out. But interestingly, Yotam spoke about his own experience of the bear and when the bear uh, and the menu 
which is another film that really kind of speaks to Ray Fiennes as this head chef, big toke figure, and that's a horror film. Uh, and and he, he spoke about how those are the sorts of films that are uh, casting a light on what used to be and what could be better in the industry. We're speaking with Alistair Slavsky. Speaking of what could be better in the industry, one of a new batch of uh, cooks and educators and authors coming out going, hey, we can love food. We can see the pleasure and the beauty of food without kind of having necessarily a fancy structure of the plate and the mousse on the top and stuff. Nothing wrong with that if you like that. Um, I mean, you talked about Ottolenghi's love of vegetables and Hetty McKinnon in Australia has been a big um, person who's been reigniting our love of salads, hasn't she? Yes, and Hetty McKinnon started really, so her background uh, is in advertising, in corporate, and then she pivoted to delivering salads in her neighbourhood on a bicycle. And her cookbooks, community, family, neighbourhood, they are bestsellers. And part of what Hetty's brand is about is that same uh, kind of home home delivery system of feeling like she could be your neighbour, she could be part of your community. It's very wholesome too, isn't it? And about the connections between people. It is. And if you think about the way that that notion of a rock star or celebrity chef has changed, it's also the notion of how rock stars, musical rock stars have changed. People feel like they could be friends with Harry Styles as opposed to, say, Elvis, who had this level and this uh, kind of distance, which made it more, um, created a mystique and made it perhaps more intriguing for people, but that has been shifted away. And if you think about what the pandemic did, what we saw is chefs at home cooking omelettes And these were top tier chefs that you would imagine making those mousses, making those fancy dishes. And instead, you saw that actually chefs, they're just like us. Well, and that brings me to the Australian cook Nagi Mahashi, who started the food blog Recipe Tin Eats, which has just gone bonkers. Bonkers is an understatement, Hilary Harper. She has uh, over 35 million visitors to her site a year. Her blog uh, Recipe Tin Eats is, uh, and her, her cookbook Dinner was the runaway hit of last year's Christmas cookbook campaign and there's a very good reason for that because Nagi has removed that uh, sort of distance between her and her reader and people felt like they were supporting her directly and that's something that you're seeing coming through and as somebody who wants to encourage more people to cook at home, that is just so beautiful to see. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I understand that she's giving uh, Yotam's latest cookbook a run for its money, like in a really big way. Everybody. So that's huge. Everybody. So all of those single name chefs, uh, she is, she's now just Nagi. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Nigella, who you also hung out with last year, Jamie, all those people. Um, Yeah, I mean, she, she, I think, shares with Yota Motolenghi that interest in doing her own photos too, doesn't she? Yes. What's going on there? Why are people moving away from the highly stylized photos? There's something about feeling like the food is lived in and has just dropped onto the plate that makes it more accessible for people to feel like they can recreate at home. Gone are the days of the nouvelle cuisine, uh, everything in in its place, put in with tweezers by somebody else. It is a flattening of the hierarchies and it is an encouragement of all people to just use tongs. <laughs> not even tongs, use your hands. Well, I understand that a food stylist kit had not only tweezers but also weird like little blow torches and stuff. Hairspray. Oh. I've seen it all, Hillary. And it depends. If you're creating an advertising campaign where you want the food to look a certain way, fine. But if you're creating a cookbook for home 
cooks where you want them to feel like that food is accessible to them, then let it fall as it will. Well, though, for people who haven't seen an Ottolenghi cookbook, does that mean they're all a bit kind of faded 70s brown if he's doing his own photos? No way. So uh, what the thing that Yotam talks a lot about, and actually his uh, master's thesis was on photography. And yeah, it was a comparative sort of um, representation in photography. And so he's clearly an aesthete and he's clearly very much into the visual imagery. And vegetables for a long time were faded, hempy, uh, healthy. They had this kind of hoity-toitiness that is removed and when you look into an image in an Ottolenghi cookbook you want to dive in which is the best way to be. Well, yes, I do also love that kind of when you look at a photo and you can see the the warmth in it or the oil or, you know, you can see that it's got a real, a real feel to it that's going to be great in your mouth. And that is the craft. And here's the thing. Sometimes a food stylist is the only one who's able to achieve that. So that, that there is an absolute craft in doing that. And I can't tell you how invaluable food stylists and food photographers are on a set for a cookbook. It just shows you that there are a lot of people. There's a brigade behind each cookbook. Well, and when you talk about a set, I'm thinking that some of the big names in Australian food that we know now, like Po, Po Ling Yao, Adam Dior, uh, got their start on reality TV. Yes. Do you think that's a good thing? Uh, well, MasterChef and cooking shows of that ilk uh, have transformed and and revolutionised who we think of as celebrity chefs. Well, and you were on MasterChef. Uh, indeed, so. over a decade ago. And it's so funny because if you think about how even the MasterChef um, tropes have changed over that time, they really have become a lot more sophisticated in the chefs that are coming through. But we're also seeing a, a new breed of home cook who's changed from one career to another. And the people that have done it best are the ones who have taken what they were doing before, like Poe was an artist, Adam was a lawyer, and now Poe uses her art through her food. Adam is very much about communicating food through his shows. Does those shows allow for greater diversity in the kind of cooks that we see? Because that's the thing we need, isn't it? At some point, um, MasterChef was the only show where you could see food that was from other cultures and from diverse backgrounds and that you could see representation on our screens. So so it's fantastic to see chefs coming through from other cultures and those foods being celebrated. Rasheen Call's cookbook, Chinese-ish, last year was a real sort of breakaway hit. I know she was on your program, I See the Smile. There are so many fantastic Australian cooks and, and cooks from all around the world that are not only being catapulted to fame through cookbooks, but also through digital media. Yeah, poor Kylie Kwong was was doing a lot of heavy lifting for a long time, so it's great to see that spread around. Just finally, Alice, uh, we talked about some of the the big, big kind of more well-known names in food. Are there some up-and-coming foodies that are exciting you? The thing that's exciting to me, Hilary, is how the world of food has been opened up with social media. So I'm following someone in Belgium who's doing incredible waffles. Her name is Regula. She's Whoa. one of the, she's one of the judges on um, Great British or Great uh, Belgian Bake Off, Great Great Netherlands Bake Off. She is doing incredible stuff. She's just brought out a very RN friendly cookbook all around dark rye and, and uh, waffles, dark blue coloured. Uh, there's Lord. amazing stuff coming out <laughs> from the states. Uh, talk about vegetables. I think that that's the most exciting thing. You're seeing people doing fantastic stuff. If you're into vegan cooking, there's a young guy uh, here called Zachary Bird that is uh, known as the vegan butcher. And he's doing some amazing, amazing looking stuff. (laughs) Watch that tofu around Zachary Bird. (laughs) That's interesting. He makes tofu so hot right now. (laughs) I went to a vegan restaurant once that was unbelievable. I could not kind of, I wasn't missing anything. Let's face it that way. Mm. So good. Um, Alice Oslavsky, thank 
thank you so much for coming in and making my mouth water, as always. My Lovely pleasure. to chat. <laughs> always a pleasure, Hilary. Alistair Slavsky, award-winning author, cook, educator and Life Matters regular. And this text, just to uh, upset us, Matthew says, I lived three years in Islington and had Ottolenghi as our local. Sublime salads, extraordinary sweet treats and always service with zero attitude. A really lovely team, clearly happy to be there. Thank you, Matthew. I'm not upset. I'm just jealous. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.